Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Spudberg. Welcome to you on this beautiful day, wherever you are. Whenever you're listening, whether you're live or listening to the archive later, we welcome you. It's such a great show for you today. I'm so excited to introduce you to Sherry Euler. And um, she's going to be talking to us about event planning, exciting events, extraordinary food, how to do selection, display, catering, and more. And uh, we're going to start with the single most important factor to remember when planning an event. We're going to move into how to make food stylish, simple, and affordable all at once. Sherry's number one meal suggestion for event luncheons and why. The creative food display tips that she's going to share with us. She's going to teach us how to handle dietary restrictions like paleo, gluten-free, all that. How to evaluate or I'm sorry, how to elevate the danishes and cereals of a basic continental breakfast to something a little more special, the two best budget-friendly ways to make guests feel pampered, inexpensive ideas to spruce up a plain, cold, or sterile venue to make it feel warm and welcoming, plus tips for squeezing a nice meal into minimal time, and more. Now, our guest today, Sherry Orler, is an artist, author, and passionate foodie. She's also a Demdeco design partner, and if you aren't familiar with Demdeco, Willow Tree um, figurines are a Demdeco product, and Sherry's had some products with Demdeco as well, which is so exciting. She loves to share life's beauty through speaking, blogging, art, and food, and she's here today to share her best event planning strategies with us. Welcome to you, Sherry. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, this is this is very fun. I love talking about event planning because there's just there's so much to learn about it. And if we can just shorten that learning curve a little bit, <laughs> it just makes the whole experience so much happier for everybody. So right. maybe start with just a little bit of when, like, when was like your first maybe pick an event that you want to say was like the first one that you thought was an event, and then uh, maybe tell us a little bit about why you love to do events. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Did you say tell about my very first, what I considered an event? Yeah. My first event? Uh-huh. Yes. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, I uh, was at the same church for about 13 years, and every um, Christmas we would do this huge Christmas brunch for our Sunday morning service. And before that, I had catered and I had had my own cookie company and had really just grown up loving food and loving serving others. And that was kind of, and I had worked at catering companies and stuff, but that, those Christmas brunches um, in conjunction with my church were really my first um, time that I got to kind of just be creative and take over and do the whole event for the purpose of serving the people that were coming and mm-hmm. everybody always just felt like they were so loved, and I've just loved it ever since. Any time that I can plan any kind of party or any kind of serving where I'm going to serve people, um, whether that be food or whether that be a word or whether that be whatever that is, any time that a bunch of people are coming together to be served, I am happy to to jump in and do that. That's great. I love it that your motivation is to make them feel loved. It reminds me. Years ago, we did a ladies' night out event um, for a couple of years. Every month we would do this, and it was a ton of work, really fun. Ladies came from all over the place, from all different kinds of churches and denominations, and from the church, and they came in, and we had these really great evenings. And one of the ladies said to me a couple, you know, like a year later, she said she remembered the first time she came, and she just said, I felt so loved. Like, you mean they would do this for me? And that's what I'm hearing you saying and is that actually the most important thing to remember when planning an event? Yes. Um, you know, well, the most important thing to remember is that God is your source. And if your motive is to serve people, then God is so faithful in coming through and giving you the creativity and the people to help see that vision through. And, 
in the end, when you rely on God to, to help you with that creativity for the motive of loving and serving people in his name, he will actually give you the ability to create memories, not just to create an event, mm-hmm. but you're creating memories for the people that show up. Yeah. You know, that's a theme we hear from wedding planners, of course, is that they want to, you know, create memories. But you're saying bring that to every single event. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Whether you're having a couple over for dinner or whether you're planning a 400 attendee event, yes, you can create memories with just the tiniest little touches. If your motivation is to serve people and you go to the source, go to God in prayer to get, to get the creativity, yeah, magic happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Let's go on and talk about how to make food stylish, simple, and affordable all at once. I love that topic, and, and actually I wrote a book called Kitchen Shortcuts, and that's kind of what I do in there. It talks about how to um, cut down how long it takes you to make things while saving money, because that's hard to do. Usually you have to spend more time if you're going to save money, but um, talk about how to do both at once, and then serve it beautifully. You have some strategies for that, too. Why don't you go ahead and just share some of those with us? Yeah, well, um, I want to talk about just what what not to do because I recently attended an event, and they had ordered – it was kind of fast food. It was maybe a little bit upscale fast food, which would have been fine, but they kept it in their the packaging right from the fast food restaurant, and they mm-hmm. just slapped it on the table. There was nothing, they literally did nothing to transform it. So it wasn't even the food that was the issue. It was how it was presented made me feel like I wasn't cared for. And so keeping that in mind, you're there to serve people and, and, and remind them that they're loved and that you, you're doing this to serve them. Even if you want to choose fast food, let's just say Kentucky Fried Chicken or some kind of chicken place if you keep it in the the buckets and the paper that it comes from people are going to feel like you didn't put very much thought into their that to them or their needs but Mm -hmm. if you were to create let's say maybe a picnic theme you know even just just to throw that out there even with just red and white tablecloths and just fun picnic items baskets whatever you think of you know with your theme and you take the food out of the fast food containers and you put it in your containers it transforms the meal it's still chicken and mashed potatoes but it went from fast food that they can get on their own to a special meal but it didn't cost you any more than that right right and to just and i think that that is the that's the ticket so if you were going to say serving 200 people and let's say you're bringing in chicken. Let's just keep, keep with that example. How many extra people do you need to do that one step? You know, that's a great question because I have learned, I've, it's been funny how God has totally showed me that I cannot accomplish on my own or even with one other person what I can accomplish when I pull in an entire team and rely on other people. And that was hard because when you are a creative person and you do love to party play and you kind of want to do it all yourself. And I have just been taught that by, you know, I helped with a grad party a couple of years ago that was amazing. It was one, it wasn't my party. I wasn't the planner. I was just asked, Hey, can you bring this and can you bring that? Well, when I got there, and it all came together. It was one of the most amazing parties I have ever been to. And I know these people well. They were on a budget. And the reason was they had went to key people that they know and said, can you bring this, can you bring that? And I'm not talking food. I'm talking but I'm talking just decor pieces, serving trays, any kind of cool mm-hmm. decoration. Hey, you know, I was at your house. I saw this great then you had on your thing, I'd like to use it for a centerpiece. And I think, you know, that was a party for 200 people. And it was, I think, maybe six, top six or seven people contributing. And it was stunning, gorgeous. So, you know, even if you just have a few people to throw it together, for 200 people, I'm thinking three or four people could put it together very easily, just transferring the food out of one thing and into something more beautiful and setting it up. But even just a handful of people to bring the different items that you need. And and people are glad to show off their stuff. So you're you're not going to get a lot of no's. Right. And we're going to talk about the creative food display concept in a few minutes. So we're going to come back to this one. So don't like go, oh, say more about that. We will. We will. (laughs) But right now let's talk about – Let's talk about how to, 
Like, what's the meal suggestion that you have for event luncheons? Maybe a favorite one, and why would it be your favorite one? Okay, this really is my favorite. I love the idea of individual box lunches, and whether you put them together yourself, you can order online. Um, you can order really cute, just cardboard lunch boxes that'll fold up, and you can tie with a beautiful ribbon or whatever. Or a lot of caterers will do that for you. But I love box lunches because you can put something special inside. I mean, and very inexpensively, you could just put a quote or a scripture or, you know, uh, some office supplies, like some cute paper, paper clips or any little thing like that. You stick it in the box and it becomes a happy meal for adults. And not only are they, <laughs> they love it because they're literally getting a happy meal, but it's such a conversation starter. So as a, if, the, mm-hmm. if it's a crowd, they don't know each other very well. And you have just a few boxes to choose from where they're just seeing a label or they're just seeing a sign that says what's inside um, as far as the food goes, their choice of sandwich or whatever. Then when they all open it, the, the joy in the conversation is, that gets going is, is, there you go, you're creating a memory right there. Love it, a happy meal for adults. Now let's uh, go back because somebody's saying, okay, wait a second. You just told me not to put the box out from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Now you're telling me to give them a box. So where? What's the difference? <laughs> not, the difference is um, is that when a cater, if you were to hire a caterer to do your box lunches, they are packaged. They are plain packaged. So there's no iconic markings on them and they're individual so it looks like it was like somebody took the time you know like when you were little mom took the time to pack your lunch specifically for you that's what it is like and if you tie it with a ribbon or even just put you know a cute label on it or something it's more like a gift than it is a fast food bag right there's such a big difference here, even though it sounds like it's almost the same thing. It's not at all the same thing. Well, this is Marnie Swiberg. We're visiting today with uh, Sherry Oler. And Sherry, how do you say your last name exactly? Oler. Oler. Oh, okay. I'm getting it right. Oler. Um, and she, her, web, her website is SherryOler.com, and it's S-H-E-R-R-I-O-H-L-E-R.com. We're going to come right back and talk about some more creative food display tips how to handle dietary restrictions, and how to elevate anything even like cereal or Danish to something nicer. We'll be right back. 21-day wins. I love these. These occur most months of the year. The only time I don't do a 21-day win group coaching is if I will be traveling more than two of the three coaching sessions in a month. So if you want to break a habit, replace a bad habit with a good one, or start a new habit, or if you want to complete a project and you'd like some help, so maybe this is something you've been trying to do for a while and you'd like to really get it done this month, you just go over to Marnie.com and under events, pick live and upcoming events and you can register for a 21-day win there. You can pay for that monthly. You can pay for it for life and get in as many as you want. Or you can just join the mentorship program at the shop button at the top of any page at Marnie.com and members get in free always. It includes a workbook as well as the weekly group coaching over at a private Facebook page. So hope you'll join us for an upcoming 21-day win. Well, this is Marnie, and as we record this today live, uh, we just had this after, earlier this afternoon our 21-day win celebration for this month, and a whole bunch of us accomplished our goals and got got it done. And they're really their 21-day wins are so fun because we uh, we picked something that's kind of been bugging us for a while or something that's been on our wish list or our to-do list for a while, and we just say this is the time when we're going to get that done, or we pick a habit that we wanted to change out. And we say, this month, we're going to do it, and we do it together. So join us over there for 21 Day Wins over at Marnie.com. This afternoon, we're visiting with Sherry Orler from SherryOrler.com, and we're talking about exciting events, extraordinary food. And we're going to talk right now about some creative food display tips. Sherry, one of my favorite memories was, um, I was my pastor had asked us as a women's group to put together um, it was a it was a program where it was going to be a simulcast, but it was a whole day simulcast for women. We had we had less than two weeks to pull it together by the time we got the asking you know to have it done. And when I went to the meeting, nobody that was at the meeting could help. Everybody was gone. I was going to be traveling for uh, one whole week of the two weeks that were remaining. 
And I, I remember thinking, but I really think we should do this. I really want us to do this. This would be great. And I just trusted God that he would help me to be able to do it with whatever help would be available at, at the last minute when I got home. Well, we went, um, we went on a trip. My husband and I were on a trip. And one of the luncheons that we had in a fancy hotel had this display table uh, full of beautiful food. And it was you went down and you made your own sandwich. But it actually had all the heighted things and everything laid out. I, I didn't have a camera with at the time, but I just drew a little sketch on my napkin. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do. And I got back, and I put the table together exactly like I'd seen it at the hotel. Uh, and it turned out absolutely beautiful, and we were able to pull it off with just such a few people helping. And one of the things that I learned from that is that it doesn't have to be difficult. You just have to know what you're going to do. So I'm so excited to hear some of your uh, food display tips for us, because knowing what to do is really most of the challenge. Yes, and that, that brings up a good point. Really, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a designer or a style expert to be able to do what the fancy hotels do. You just have to see it, and then you can duplicate it. And right. my, my, the, my favorite way of making, giving that wow factor when you walk in and see a food table is different levels of elevation. So yep. if you just put everything flat on the table, it doesn't look like much, but you take that same food on the same serving trays or platters and you raise some of them up on cake stands or, you know, one of my favorite tricks is there's, if you put fabric or a tablecloth, then you can use books or whatever you want underneath the tablecloth to create elevation for trays that don't necessarily have a built um, And then I always do, so if there's three food tables or however many food tables there are, I always do one large food centerpiece in the center and then work the different levels all the way around to either end and, and in front and back. And I us usually people want the line to go pretty fast, so you so it needs to be beautiful from all sides. And so you just work around the table, highs, low, highs, lows, and mediums, and then the one big centerpiece that's high. And the centerpiece is usually, for me, I use, I use the food as the centerpiece. So a lot of times you can use just an end table, a smaller end table, and when you put it in the center of the table and you put things around it, underneath it, and then on it with some cake stands, it becomes this, you know, beautiful centerpiece of, it's an edible centerpiece, really, of part of your food. Love that, love that. And when I teach the, um, when I teach the holiday boot camp in the fall, I always talk about doing this even at home for your holiday entertaining and what I've done is I've just, whenever I buy one tablecloth that I really like, I always buy two. So then I put the one tablecloth on the bottom, and then I put my, I just use whatever, boxes, books, like what you're saying, um, to, to make some heighted things around. Then I lay the second exactly duplicate tablecloth over the top. I just tuck the raw edges in underneath so that it looks like it's all one big flowy thing. And then you just put the, put some stuff down on the table, some stuff up on the elevation, and then like if you want to, like at the holidays, you can um, weave in uh, garlands of pine tree, um, pine needles or pine cones or lights, glittery lights or whatever. It's, it just makes it, it just like you said, it just takes it from basic to wow with one simple step. Yeah, it's such a great idea. Now, when you talk about, go back to your edible centerpiece for a minute because I'm having a hard time envisioning an end table on top of my table being low enough for people to actually grab. So explain what you're actually doing there. Okay, so like for instance, I happened to grab a, just a cute little end table at a garage sale a couple years ago for $10. It's painted really bright blue, super cute. I had to do, literally had to do nothing to it, 10 bucks, And it's got a lower level that's kind of wide, maybe... I don't know, two and a half feet by two and a half feet square, and then it's got a tier, and then it's got a smaller square on the top. So when you lift that up on a table, the first layer is at just below eye level. And so I've used it for dessert tables where we just fill it um, with pedophores, just little tiny little cakes or pastries, whatever. And then the top level, even though it's above eye level, 
it just creates intrigue. You want to know what's up there. You stand on tippy toes, you can see it. And if you feel like it's too high, that could serve as a, that's where you could put your flowers or your, you know, hey, Christmas or whatever it is. Because then if you put, if you let's say it's, it is the holidays and you wanted a Christmas tree as your centerpiece, that's fine. But the Christmas tree is going to get in the way of the food. If people are going on both sides of the line and they want to see what's on the other side, you've got this big Christmas tree in the way. But if there's food in between, it doesn't matter. They can not, you know, they, they don't have to look around it to see what's on the other side because that serves as a, all the way around that serves as food. Love that, love that. And do you have a do you have a best practice for dealing with cords when you're doing lights on table on serving table? The only time I've I've ever had to deal with cords is for like the coffee table, you know, coffee pots and stuff, which we always kind of put against the wall, you know, but off to the side or whatever. But as far as lights on the table, if I can use candles, I do. If the venue does not allow it, I use the battery-operated ones. And there's some that are cheap-looking, but they can be disguised in jars. And there's some that are just beautiful. They're a little bit more expensive, but they're they're wax covered and they're they're flickering and they look like the real thing and nobody's paying attention. When you weave them in and out and tuck them in and out of the little crevices throughout your table, you would never notice that they're not real candles. They also have battery operated um, LED Christmas lights that you can string right. and you can t- tuck those behind your garland or tuck those in little crevices behind or underneath platters and you'd never know. You'd never see. And if you do need to use a cord, you need to have it go straight down under the table and then anywhere where it comes out where a toe might even catch it under the table, it needs to be taped down with a heavy-duty duct tape. Um, Usually go with whatever color your carpet is or whatever color they, they assign you at the venue. Um, but you're going to make it match the flooring and it's going to go all the way over to the wall so you don't have a, a potential slip or trip on that. Awesome. Um, before we move on, did you have any other food display tips that you wanted to share right here? Yes. I think that um, it's always a it's always a crowd pleaser if you're following the current trends. So you don't have to follow all of them, but like right now and for the last year and a half, um, those really cute striped paper straws and anything chalkboard and candy are all the rage. So it doesn't matter where you're getting your food. If you're getting it fast food, if you're having it fancy catered, if you're doing box lunches, it really doesn't matter. If you put out a, some cute, a cute display of funky straws and, you know, maybe little easels with little cardboard signs telling what the food is, and a couple of fun, like, old-fashioned jars of candy with scoops, everybody goes crazy. And so I would say check Pinterest. Check Pinterest and see what the, what the food display trends are and pick ones that don't, they're, they're no-brainer. You don't have to make anything. You don't have to create anything. You're literally going and buying, you know, striped candy straws, which they sell at every card party store and every, every craft store has them. So those are just simple little things that are crowd pleasers because people see those things on Facebook and they see them on Pinterest, but maybe they're not, they don't have a party to plan. And so they're, they're longing to live those things that they're seeing on Pinterest, but they have no reason to go out and buy a bunch of cute straws. <laughs> then they go to your event and they're getting to live what they're seeing on Ta-da. Pinterest. You know, that's great. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I love it. I love it. Another thing that's really hot right now as we're recording is burlap. Burlap is so hot. Um, we're, we're selling so much burlap at our store um, right now. Every Burlap, everything. We've got, you know, little the burlap um, ribbons around a little candle, anything where you can use burlap. That's hot. So, yeah, and I love, I love either looking at Pinterest or if you just go to Google.com, type in whatever it is. Like maybe right now you'd be thinking about a Mother's Day event. Type in Mother's Day. And then um, put table or put decoration and then go to image options. So you're just looking at images. Oh my goodness, you will see whatever is the hottest, you know, the hottest, most looked at images right now about it. And like, once again, like we talked about earlier, making your wow or doing that great is the, the main the main obstacle is knowing what to do. Once you know what to do, how it's supposed to look, then you can do it. You can get people who can help you do it. Um, let's talk a little bit about people who will be coming that maybe have dietary restrictions, maybe they're allergic to something, maybe they're gluten-free. 
whatever. And how do you how do you find out? How do you manage it? Uh, honestly, if you're having a large event, you're not going to be able to find out everybody. And if you were to plan, you know, if you were to plan one meal and then try and cater, no pun intended, to 10 people that have an allergy or 10 people that need, you know, paleo food or whatever, it's going to put a lot more stress on, on you and the meal planning and everybody involved. And, um, you know, you've all heard this, we've all heard the stories how somebody orders the vegetarian meal on an airplane and the guy three seats back gets it, you know, and they, they don't have a meal because the one vegetarian meal was eaten by somebody else. And so you just, I, I would recommend not even going down that path and instead now stick with me because you might not like the first, the initial thing I say, but <laughs> create the best salad bar ever because you can literally please everybody. Everybody is making their own. And if you make it beautiful and give them enough variety, everybody is going to be happy. And so there, you know, just to give some examples of what to put. And now keep in mind, you still have to style it like you would Anything else that we've been talking about with the different elevations and the beautiful centerpiece, and within that, if you if you chose to do a salad bar and you have three different kinds of lettuce, dried fruits and fresh fruits, nuts and cheeses and boiled eggs and gourmet olives and canned tuna, but not in a can, and you know grilled chicken, but it could even be cold, and then lots and lots and lots of flowers throughout just buy a couple of bouquets of wildflowers and you can pinch them pinch them right off just break them right off you don't need the stems and just tuck them here and there in your food trays and in your food displays they'll last a couple hours before wilting and they just take everything to the next level they look beautiful Mm -hmm. but if you think about it if you're going to have you know you can have a tray of sliced cheeses or you can have beautiful wooden boards. Some, you know, somebody you know has beautiful wooden boards and, and chunks of cheeses with, the, with little knives and just, just taking. So take all those things that you would normally serve or see at a salad bar in those ugly stainless steel containers. Take all that and elevate it to the next level. Okay, I don't want to do shredded cheese. I want to do a cheese board or I don't want to do a tray a plastic tray of fresh fruit, but I'm going to do beautiful slices of fresh fruit. And, you know, you can, one of the things I love to do to add drama to a, to a cold salad table is you just cut the tops off of pineapples. And then you, they stand straight up and they create this drama and height. And you, you can put them in the, you, I don't know how to explain it, but you can put them on almost anything. So if you have a tray of, let's say, meats, you know, you put the pineapple stock that comes to the grow straight up in the middle of that, and you arrange your meats around it, and it and it creates height and drama where there wasn't any. It was, you know, cold tuna and chicken, <laughs> but now it's something right. special. And so use what you already have and use what would be standard in a salad bar, but take it to the next level and make it gourmet just by little touches or what you serve it on. Absolutely, and one of the prettiest things I've ever seen was again at a hotel. Um, and and one thing, you guys, don't be afraid to just steal ideas. They got their idea from somebody, so don't don't uh, don't be worried about using an idea that you saw somewhere else. It's fine. But um, was they had their fruit, and they did them by color. So one plate was like kiwi, green grapes, and the green melon balls, just on one platter, like a row of each. And then the next one was like strawberries all around the outside edge, uh, chopped uh, slices, and then in the inside, red grapes. Oh, it was absolutely gorgeous to put all the colors on separate plates. Instead of we think it's, you know, it's beautiful to have them all on the same plate. I mean, you can do so much and be so creative with it. So I love that. And I love your idea to just offer enough. Uh, people who are, um, my husband and I just went, you know, mostly vegan. We're pretty much plant-based now in the last couple of years. And it's really wonderful to just have a big salad. I mean, that's what we would prefer. And so if you just have that available, everybody can have some and they can have more of the meats and bread or whatever if they want. But then if you're just on a restricted diet, there's so much there opportunity for you to eat. Did you have any last words about the dietary restrictions? Um, well, I, first of all, I love the, what you just said about the fruit trays. That sounds beautiful. I've not seen that, but I'll bet I could find it on Pinterest with the, <laughs> the monochromatic food trays. It sounds beautiful. And another thing is skewers. 
everybody loves skewer. For whatever reason, skewers are hot. So if you skewer yeah. your cheeses or you skewer your fruits, the people that do have, you know, my sister and her whole family are vegetarian and have been for, you know, 25 years. And I remember her complaining, like, every time you ask for a vegetarian meal, all you get is a salad, you know. But when it's a create-your-own salad bar where there are meats to choose from, there are cheeses, there are fruits, there's a little bit of everything, you never walk away feeling like you were less cared for than anybody else because you're covering, right. you know, with, with the good salad bar, you're covering so many food groups that they will get full and they will feel like you served them. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, this is Marnie Kleber visiting today with Sherry Orler of SherryOrler.com. It's S-H-E-R-R-I-O-H-L-E-R.com. We're going to come right back and talk about how to elevate danishes and cereals or basic continental breakfast to something more special. Also, the two best budget-friendly ways to make guests feel pampered and inexpensive ideas to spruce up a plain, cold, or sterile venue to make it feel warm and welcoming. We'll be right back. As the web hostess of WomenSpeakers.com, which is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, connecting over 1,700 speakers with thousands of women's ministry leaders who come to the site to find speakers from upcoming events, it is my great joy and honor to welcome you if you are a Christian woman who is a speaker who is ready to go share a story or a message with different groups, you come on over and join over there. You can get a free listing, which is a text-only listing, or you can pay for a full-page profile. Of course, if you have the page it's going to get more attention than if you have the texting but either way join us over at womenspeakers.com welcome back this is marnie swedberg and if you're a speaker you're welcome at womenspeakers.com and of course if you're an event planner Go over to womenspeakers.com and you can search by location, by denomination, by experience level, by fee level, by anything that is important to you. And uh, we've got so many great speakers over there, including our guest today, Sherry Earler, at the secret womenspeakers.com. We just have wonderful speakers available for you, so I hope you will check that out. Back to it, Miss Sherry. Let's talk about <laughs> those boring continental breakfasts. How can we make that a little more special? Well, the first thing is that um, as opposed to picking individual danishes and muffins, there is something much more elegant about the about whole cakes. So a whole bunch cake, a whole coffee cake, a whole danish ring that is cut with a nice, you know, serving utensil is so, for some reason, it, it says mm-hmm. so much more. Than a muffin. I don't know if it reminds us of mom's cooking or if it reminds us of like we feel like we're eating a birthday cake. I don't know what it is. But there is something about serving on serving platters, serving the whole pastry, the whole cake that just takes it to the next level. And then as far as cereal, if you have the ability to do something hot like an oatmeal, then an oatmeal bar, again, going back to the salad bar concept, an oatmeal bar with a ton of toppings, anytime people get to contribute to the creativity of their own meal, they love it. Everybody's getting their own thing, and for whatever reason, it makes them feel like they've been cared for. Um, But if you don't have the ability to do oatmeal, you can do the same thing with um, a music bar and, and label it. So, you know, I could put out some different kinds of flakes, bran flakes and corn flakes and, you know, dried quinoa or whatever it is, and then a couple of toppings, and it's fine. But if all of a sudden I put a little sign out that says muesli bar, which is, what is it, like it's dried cereal from, it's a bunch of dried grains and fruits from the Swiss Alps. You know, all of a sudden your cereal bar is elevated to the next level. First of all, everybody thinks health when they think muesli, and second of all, it's from Switzerland. So just, you know, think first of all what what you would want to eat for breakfast, and then just take it it a notch up. Take it to the next level. If you're going to have a muesli bar, then you should have a variety of nuts, a variety of dried fruits, and a variety of flakes, and they can mix their own. And any time they get to put their hands in there, dig in, and be a part of, of the food, it it creates that memory and takes it to the next level. 
Hmm. I just encourage you to, anytime you can, to provide fruit. Um, it's just such a good energy booster, and there are so many people who would prefer to just have a piece of fruit for breakfast instead of something um, grainy or sugary. And so just try, if you can, try to offer a fruit option as well. And again, the display of this is going to make all the difference, isn't it? Totally. And there should be, you know, thinking back to the dietary restrictions, there should also be, um, fruit is perfect, but the different kinds of milk that's also going to make people feel like it's right. special. You know, if you have regular milk, almond milk, and soy milk, then you're pretty much covering everybody in the crowd. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And the other thing is for beverages, just remember that a lot of people love coffee. And then there are people who don't drink coffee. And uh, so if you have a uh, little, uh, what I've seen done, and maybe share, you can share too about what is the best way to put out teas, um, tea options. We have, uh, like at our church, whenever we have a ladies event, we don't put it out for the major whole church things, but for any ladies event, we have this beautiful uh, wicker basket. It's a very low wicker basket, and it actually looks like a little file cabinet for uh, made in wicker, and we have all these teas in there, and ladies can just kind of, what you said again, Get your hands in there and kind of make it your own. You're like, oh, let's see, I don't know. I can't decide between these two. And you want to make it so that the line doesn't get really clogged up, but yet that they have some choices. What are some other ways to um, present? Actually, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead, Jim, oh, to one I... of the next questions on the list. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then we're not going to go there now. Welcome back to it. That's great. That's great. Okay, so basically let's go ahead then and move on to the two best budget-friendly ways to make guests feel pampered. Okay, the first thing, and it has nothing to do with food, is anything with their name on it. Anything. It can be the tiniest little thing. It can be a, a bookmark with the scripture. It can be a place setting. If you know, if you know where the groups, different groups of people are going to sit, or whatever it is, anything, and a name tag does not count. Anything except a name tag with their name on it makes it feel like uh, you were expecting them and waiting for them, and you want them there. So mm. whatever that creative, go to your source and pray and ask God what that is, and any tiny little thing with their name on it will make them feel very special. The second thing is a surprise coffee, tea and or chocolate bar at an unexpected time. So, mm -hmm. so you, have your, you have your meals planned, and I don't know about anybody else. Maybe it's just me because I love food so much. But the food at, at retreats or at events is always a highlight for me. And you're, I'm kind of waiting, waiting for the lunch to be revealed or waiting for the dinner to be revealed. And if during during downtime or during um, even before a speaker is about to get started or, you know, a fun late night for anybody that doesn't want to go to bed early, whatever it is, an unexpected, un, unannounced, unexpected time where you can roll out a coffee, tea, and chocolate bar, women will go crazy. I don't know about men, but women will go crazy, especially with the chocolate. And so as far as display goes, I agree. Your wicker basket, that's kind of what we do. We're, you know, um, we just had a, a, a brunch at church, and now we're planning another one. And when we plan tea, and iced tea is a great one too, and they have great, cool carafes now for that with the little spots that can be really cute, especially when you put out those striped straws. Um, but for hot tea, again, it's just the it, some of the tea bags now, they're like little works of art. The branding is so cool. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're all different colors. And so they can really speak for themselves. And you're right, just having a variety, some decaf, some not, some herbal, everything in between with all the different colors of tea bags and all the pretty packaging, it kind of speaks for itself. And if you're having a smaller event, I would always recommend to use real, real cups and mugs. If you're having a larger event and you have to use a paper cup or a styrofoam cup, go the extra mile and order online from a from like a you know, a party store, something that's gonna be really kinda cute, as opposed to this the, the regular styrofoam just doesn't do it anymore. People feel like they're at a funeral. You wanna you wanna take it to that next level and make really make them feel pampered. Mm. Talk to us about the chocolate part of that. Well, um you can rent a chocolate fountain. It's a little messy, but 
so worth it. And again, that's an option for because you could you'd put out fruit with that. You can put out other things. Fruit is a big one, obviously, with the chocolate fountain. And then people that don't necessarily want the chocolate will still feel like they got a little something sweet. Um, but even if not, just a, a chocolate bar where where there's you know, I've been to events where people just put out M&Ms alongside the coffee pot, and that's enough. But you can definitely go the next level and do the different candy jars with the scoops and buy in bulk. There's plenty of um, candy shops online. I think there's one even called candy.com where you can order anything by the color. You put in the color of your event or the flavor in every candy from ni- 1900 all the way up to now that ex- has ever yeah. existed, you can buy in bulk. And it, it can be not only, you know, delicious, but it can really make make your setting beautiful just by ordering all, all, all the, you know, the sweets that, that go with your color or your colors. And so I would suggest that. If you want to go all out and you want to do a coffee, tea, and chocolate or coffee, tea, and candy bar, then I would suggest candy bar, no pun intended. I would suggest ordering in bulk and doing something like that. That's so fun. And one of the things is when you're doing, if you are going with the multiple colors, if you put them in the order of the rainbow, there is something really powerful about that when we lay out our retail store gift departments. We try to put them in the color of the rainbow. When we do our fabric, we put them in the color of the rainbow. When we do our scarves, we try to put them in the color of the rainbow. There is something really powerful about the order in which God put the rainbow together. And so if you just look online, just go to Google and search in, you know, uh, colors in the rainbow. It's going to tell you the exact order. And if you do it in that order, it is more powerful of a display than if you just put beautiful colors together. So I just encourage you to do that too. Great. Let's talk about, did you have anything more there on that, on that one? No, I don't think so. I just think, you know, emphasizing the fact that it's a surprise. You know, everybody likes a little surprise. So especially if you can time it to when they're kind of maybe the towards the end of, of a long day or something where they're kind of like, you know, feeling like they need a little boost or a little energy or something, rolling out that coffee, tea, and candy bar is a big deal. People get excited. I, yeah, And having you say that, it reminds me of an event planner. This was a huge event, I think 450 ladies or something. And the first year they did it, they put the um, they put the dessert buffet at the end of the program. So it was like at 4 o'clock in the afternoon after a full long day of the event. And hardly mm-hmm. anybody stayed. The second year they did it, they put it right in the middle. They put it at about 2.15. So right kind of in the slump part of the afternoon, that's when they put their dessert bar, and then they went back for their final two sessions after that. It worked like a charm. So just be thinking about when is, you know, what are what are they really, are they going to stay? Like if you have it at the end, are they going to stay or are they just going to leave? And if you have it in the middle, can it be like what you said, either a surprise or can it be something that really is just a little boost in a, in a maybe otherwise kind of slump part of your program? So I love that, love that. Well, let's talk about the inexpensive ideas to spruce up plain, cold, or sterile venues to make them feel warm and welcoming. We've all had this challenge. You walk in and you go, oh, you're kidding. I have to do it here. <laughs> what do we do? Well, you're going to laugh at this one because my notes say burlap, burlap, burlap. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, how hot. <laughs> not only is it hot, but it's warm. It is warm. It can be warm. Mm-hmm. Sandy, it can be homey, it can be elegant when you put it with the right things. I mean, it can can really transform a venue into any style, any direction that you want to go. And it's cheap. So you can do, like you said, you can tie it around a jar or I, you can just buy huge yards of it and cover tables or tie it around chair, you know, the back row of chairs or whatever it is with, you know, big burlap bows. Or It's really so versatile and so inexpensive that that is my number one tip. Then going back I to have the candles. To, I, I have to, hang on, hang on. I have to jump in here because we go to these shows for our store. So one of the shows we attend is a pet expo, P-E-T, pet like cat dog, pet expo. And this year, last year at the pet expo, we saw all kinds of bright colors. Everything was fluorescent. Everything was zoomy and, you know, dots and stripes. 
This year at the Pet Expo, it was hilarious. I didn't see any bright colors anywhere. All I saw was muted colors that you would think of would match with burlap. It was all earth tones, all, you know, really muted. And what, what the feel is, is what you're saying here, it's warm. It is just as comfortable. Nothing shocking, nothing outrageous, just this comfy feeling. So uh, even the pets, apparently, are on track with this thing. <laughs> you just got to get with it. <laughs> okay, so You know how they ask the gorilla who's going to win the, the basketball There you go. There you go. Maybe the pets, the pets are now predicting the trends. Projecting the fashion trends, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> what else do you have for us? Well, candles, you know, for a daytime venue, people don't automatically think candles. Uh, I think they're good for for creating warmth and ambiance and a cozy feel any time of day. If there's fluorescent lights everywhere, it's a little more difficult, but if they can be dimmed at all, and not dim, but just, just enough to set... A, a nice mood, a nice ambiance, then candles and or and or battery operated candles, they do wonders. That's my house can be a disaster. And if somebody is coming by and I light a candle, somehow I feel better. And <laughs> I know they do too. So, and it has nothing to do with the smell. Somehow it just it is welcoming. Yeah. It's buzzing. Right. right. Yeah, it's true. It, and those other the the other thing is those little twinkly lights, like just little lights. Yeah. Um, it just adds this whole magical sense to everything. I totally agree. And then you know, lastly, I would say, and I say this with hesitation, but plants. You know, mm-hmm. how, how live plants, not mm-hmm. not silk arrangements that's totally different and that can be borderline cheesy unless you're hiring somebody that's a major expert, which most people don't have the money to do that. So I would stay away from silk, but go live plants. But again, you don't just want to stick one on this corner and stick one on the stage here. If you're going to go that direction where you want to use um, live plants to warm up your venue, then it has to be done well and it has to be done um, big. So as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, if you're having, let's say it's an 80 person event or a hundred person event in sticking w- one plant on the stage or even one on each corner is not going to do it. But if you put a beautiful plant on every table and, you know, then maybe it's a, it's a take home or it's a door prize or whatever, you know, so that they're not going to waste. Or if you lined a whole wall or lined an area with different levels of this greenery, that can do a lot to be welcoming as well. But it's not, it don't, don't even bother if it's just going to be one or two because then it looks like you tried and missed. Does that make sense? It does. It does, and you don't want to look like you tried and missed. No. <laughs> That's not what we're going for. <laughs> well, this is Marty. We're visiting today with Sherry Orler. We're going to come right back to the last segment and talk about six, I'm sorry, tips for squeezing in nice, meal into minimal time. Plus, best places to look for a cater, important questions to ask. We'll be right back. Planning an event for women, or maybe you would like to attend an event for women, but you don't know where to find them. If you go over to womensevents.info, which is a subdomain again of .com, but it's called womensevents.info. You will find all of the major upcoming women's events, including Beth Moore, Women of Faith, all kinds of different events there. And you are welcome to add your own Christian women's event at that site. There's usually a per event cost or else a per month cost, and you can do unlimited per month or a year unlimited or a lifetime unlimited. Or if you just join the mentorship program at marnie.com with the shop button at the top right of the marnie.com page, you are going to get all of that <laughs> included. You can enter all of your events there. So check it out at womensevents.info. Also over at marnie.com, um, under the events tab there, you can find all the event planner training. This program will be included there. And um, it's all of the past trainings that we've had for event planners too, and that's all part of the mentorship program at marnie.com. We're so grateful today to have Sherry Orler with us of sherryorler.com. It's S-H-E-R-R-I. O-H-L-E-R dot com. Sherry, we are coming down the finish 
uh, line here, and I want to spend some time talking about catering in just a moment. But first, let's talk about tips for squeezing a nice meal into minimal time. If you have a thousand people to feed, or if you have just a short break in a program and you're trying to feed a bunch of people, how what what is it that we have to do in order to make that happen? Well, I'm assuming that if you have a thousand people to feed, there are professional caterers involved. <laughs> I'm assuming that. Maybe not. Um, but my suggestion, and it's a fun one, is family style. So as opposed to a buffet or a, uh, a meal that is delivered in courses, big bowls and or platters dropped at the same time on every table and everybody shares and passes just like your family is a great way to make it happen quicker. And people love it. It's, you don't have to get up. You don't have to leave. And it's very, I mean, they call it family style for a reason. It feels very, mm -hmm. and again, makes you feel like you're being served and cared for. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you wanted to do a cold, yep. that's my hot suggestion. If you wanted to do a cold meal that's quick, um, again, I would I would serve an upscale box meal. And by upscale, I mean, you know, you can still have a sandwich and you can have, you know, a, some fruit or some yogurt or whatever. But if all of a sudden you make it French and you, you put some brie on it and you serve sparkling lemonade or, you know, you can make it upscale just by giving it an ethnic theme or by, you know, like the old commercials, the, um, the guy in the limo that has the gray poupon. <laughs> it's <just> <laughs> but all of a sudden you call it gray poupon and you get to ride in the limo, right? That's the same concept here. You can have a box lunch that looks like, you know, a peanut butter and jelly kids lunch or a salami sandwich, or you can have a box lunch that feels like you just got transported to France and you're eating at a cafe. And it's not, I, honestly, it's not that much of a swing in price to just do little touches that are going to take it to that next level. Awesome. One of the things I learned from the Million Man March that Promise Keeper did, did um, in uh, Washington, D.C. several years ago, they, they served a million men, and they gave each man a half a chicken plus other components to that meal. It was astounding. They did not do the fancy table layout. They did pickup trucks, I mean, semi-trucks. <laughs> they had semi-trucks. They had multiple, multiple, multiple locations with these semi-trucks. And they just had these guys go to the back of the semi-truck. They got their box. Uh, with their half a chicken and their mashed potatoes and their other food, and they went away. They were able to serve all those men a meal in just, it was, it was close to an hour, a million guys. So you can do this if you have enough serving lines. That is the key. You have to have enough. If you're going to do a line, you can't just have, you know, both sides of one table and get that done. You're going to have to have multiple serving lines and don't have them all in the same place. Have you know, one uh, over here, one down the hall over there, one down the hall over there, and, and separate people out so you don't have the traffic jams that you'll have if you have them all in one place. Sure, let's quick, quick, quick move into catering here. What are the three best places to look for caterers? First of all, your own church or your own, your own community or your own community of friends, your own friends, your own church. There's, you know, when God says that all of us, or a different part of the body, he means it. And there's always a few foodies that love to do that kind of thing, are looking for an opportunity right. to cater. And a lot of times those are the people that just want to do it. And so they're not going to charge you for the labor because they just want to be a part of something and they want, they want to be a part of making something great with their food. So that's the first place to start. And the second place awesome. is small local cafes. You know, a lot of times I think when we're going to, when we think catering, we Google caterer. And we're getting caterers, and they're fine, but they're expensive, and they, you know, they have their menus all set, and this is what we offer, and it's this much. And if you want that, that's great. But if you're looking for somebody to cater to you, to cater to your event, especially with your theme in mind, your guest in mind, small local cafes, and thirdly, private apps. And a lot of the private chefs, if you Google private chef in your area, a lot of them are either people just out of culinary school that are trying to figure out what they want to do, 
or there are people that don't even have a culinary grid, but they, again, they just love food. They, a lot of them, because they're startups, they're more passionate than a catering company that's been around forever. And a lot of times they're a little bit more affordable just because they want to get their foot in the door as well. They're looking for events to cater so that they can then have references. And so you do your digging and you can keep it on a budget, but also you're getting the best of the best because you're getting the people that are passionate about it. Love that. One of the things that we have here locally is we have a real active missions team that takes a takes a trip over to Africa almost every year. And they are really super active in fundraising because not only do they go, but they help dig wells and build churches and things like that. So they want to have a lot of money uh, to take with them to really invest into these communities in Africa. And so what this team does is they make themselves available to be the servers of things like this. And then for a donation, you just make a donation toward their missions trip, and um, it's just such a beautiful thing. And we actually, our team that's here, they actually wear costume. They actually wear African garb as the servers. Unless you ask them to wear something different, that's what they're going to come in. So it's really fun, and you can find people locally too who want to make some money, need a donation, and will serve or will cook for you. Awesome. What are the three most important questions to ask a caterer or someone who's going to be serving food for you? Well, there's uh, first of all, I love that. I love your your story about your missions team. That's so smart and so cool. Um, first, are they going to stay and help you set up and tear down, or are they just going to drop the food? And there's probably two price categories for that. You know, it just depends on what you're looking for. But don't just assume that they're going to stay and be a part of setting up and tearing right. down. Because if they drop and you have nobody else planned, then you're scrambling to get the food set up. Um, and then second of all, if they say, yes, I'll be here, we'll be, we, we will be here, then you need to say, is it going to be you or is it going to be a member of your staff? Because if it's going to be members of your staff, then I want them in our conversations when we're talking so they know what I expect because you don't want to play the telephone game where you told the guy that set it up or that sold you the catering gig, you don't, you know, you're telling him everything and it's being lost in translation to the people that he's sending. So you, you want to make sure that you're, you're talking to the actual people that are going to be a part of your event. And then again, if you're relying on private chefs and people in your church and small cafes, these are foodies that love everything food. And if you tell them what it is you're trying to create at this event, whether that it be a spiritual retreat where you just want them to feel the love of God or whether it be a business, a power retreat where you want them to, to these entrepreneurs to go off feeling inspired and ready to conquer the world or it's a fundraising event, whatever it is, tell your your person that you've hired to help because they probably have have a gift to know what to serve. It's, it sounds crazy, but truly, there's food styles that go with whatever it is you are trying to say. <laughs> right. There's right. a lot. So ask them yeah. if they have ideas. You may have ideas of what you want, and that's great, and share those, but they may have a style suggestion or something that they're passionate about that has to do with your theme. Love that. That's so great. One of the questions that I would definitely, if you haven't worked with this group before, you want to ask for references. And a couple of the things that you want to check are about timeliness. Um, some, some chefs really are awesome, but they have to have an extra 30 to 45 minutes. And when you're serving a large group like that, you have to know that your meal is going to be done on time. Uh, so this is important. Also, pricing is critical that you talk about that right up front, how much you have available and how much they can give you for that. Sure, any other stuff like that that just comes to the top right right off? I think, yeah, I think a lot of that, you know, when I was coming up with these three three most important questions, it probably would have been phrased more like three questions you might not think of because I assumed right. that people would already know they have to talk about price before they hire their caterer. You don't want any surprises at the end, you know. But, right. Um, so just covering all your base bases, you know, what what if, um, you know, what if there are some in the crowd that have allergies, or is there going to be food for them? And just just covering your bases. What time will you get here? What time will you leave? How intrusive will it be? You know, as you're setting up in the back and we're still talking, how how or is it going to be a distraction, or can you be discreet? And just covering all of your food bases. And a lot of times. 
Um, you said references, which I thought about that one long and hard because you do want ref- references. However, if it's a culinary school that just graduated that you're going to save a lot of money on and, and you know they're passionate, they might not have any references. All right, well, we are out of time. Good morning, folks. I'm Sherry Orwell. See you next time. Bye-bye.